but welcome to Talking Saratoga, a weekly podcast with insight on the latest news, debate, and discussion from Saratoga Springs, a city that has never suffered from a shortage of opinions. I'm Robin Dalton, a New York City girl turned Saratogian, city council veteran, and mother to a bunch of kids who are still probably playing unsupervised on Caroline Street or in New York City, as it may be this week. I'm joined by, by my co-host, Dan DeFederici's, a native of the Buffalo suburb of Chickadawaga. Did I say that right, Dan? Dan's not there. I think I said that right. A retired New York State trooper, a past, uh, past police union leader, an attorney, a publisher of the Saratoga Report, a husband and uh, father to two beautiful girls, and a lifelong beleaguered Bills fan. Adam Israel also joins us as another co-host. He is our lifelong Saratogian local business owner, Pop Warner dad, and most recently dipped his toe in politics as an independent candidate for commissioner of finance. A reminder that the opinions expressed on Talking Saratoga are our own. Dan has just popped up twice. Okay, Dan, you want I guess Dan isn't having his, feel, feels that his voice is being heard because uh, he wants two of himself on this uh, podcast. <laughs> Dan, oh, I'm joking. Oh, good Lord, that's probably why the uh, camera was, let me see if I can. Um, All right, oh, I'm gonna man. stop you guys. I'm just gonna stop. Okay, I'm gonna stop. Dan, you 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 put yourself on here twice. You just popped up for that. a second time. Do you want me to uh, delete you? Hang on. Um, I'm yeah, removing one of yeah. you. Okay. Good. You remove the one that I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I think I say um, we try. I say we start again. And this meeting is being All recorded. Right. Let's do this, guys. Welcome to Talking Saratoga, a weekly podcast with insight on the latest news, debate, and discussion from Saratoga Springs, a city that has never suffered from a shortage of opinions. I'm Robin Dalton, a New York City girl turned Saratogian, city council veteran and mother to a bunch of Carol a bunch of kids who are probably running around unsupervised this time in New York City, not even on Caroline Street. Mom, thanks for watching them. I'm joined by my co-host Dan DeFederici's, a native of the Buffalo suburb of Chickadawaga. Very good. Very good. A retired New York State trooper, past police union leader, attorney, publisher of the Saratoga Report, husband and father to two beautiful girls, and a lifelong beleaguered Bills fan. Adam Israel is a lifelong Saratogian, local business owner, Pop Warner dad, and most recently dipped his toes into politics as an independent candidate for commissioner of finance. A quick reminder that the opinions expressed on Talking Saratoga are our own and do not represent any other group, person, or organization. We welcome all perspectives and opinions while, um, we, we, excuse me, we welcome all perspectives and opinions while on Talking Saratoga, as long as they are expressed honestly and with mutual respect. So what's going on this week, guys? It's been a big week. Um, I know that there's been some crime. Dan, did you wanna jump into that or do you want me to start with that? Sure. Yeah, I, I can. Um, uh, last night, the Saratoga Police Department put out a release, and this would be uh, Tuesday night, saying that uh, the release said that there were four robberies all close together, uh, some on South Broadway at businesses there, one on West Avenue, um, apparently uh, perpetrated by the same person, and that they were actively investigating it. Uh, this morning, actually, briefly last night on social media, they announced they had somebody in custody. Then they expanded on that this morning. And they do have a, a suspect in custody who I believe was also accused of uh, a similar robbery down in Boston Spa. And uh, that sort of led me, the reason I, I was interested in this, obviously it's, it's real and it's, it's important. A robbery is a very serious crime. 
and and Adam, because you've lived here uh, the longest of the three of us, I wanted to talk to you. We sometimes have this sense of Saratoga is utopian. It, it there's no crime here, and of course that's not true. Um, but because this is such a beautiful city, upscale city, regal with the horse racing and so forth, we, we tend to sometimes overlook certain things. But it reminded me that people have told me, and that's what I wanted you to expand on. 30 years ago, uh, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, Saratoga Springs was not the Tony little town that we know today. It was very different, but I never experienced that back then. Could, could you kind of explain to those that haven't lived here that long or don't know it, uh, how Saratoga was 30 years ago? Hey, Dan, real quick, I'm just going to read off the list of places that were robbed just for, for okay. the details sure. before, before Adam hops in. So on Saturday, uh, February 19th at 5 p.m., the Super Smoke and Save at 109 West Avenue was robbed. On Monday, February 21st at 1.45 a.m., the Extra Mart at 154 South Broadway was robbed. At 4.22 p.m., I Love New York Pizza at 26 Congress Street was robbed. And at 4.30 p.m., Post Time Wine and Spirits at 170 South Broadway was robbed. So those are the details of the robberies, but didn't mean to interrupt. Take it away, Adam. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for the for the, the background. Uh, yeah, Dan, I could say... You know, I, I was born in Saratoga in the late 70s, and uh, you saw Saratoga back then wasn't the city it was today. It wasn't as prosperous. It wasn't nearly as prosperous. So you saw there actually was, I would say, a, a fair amount more crime back in the you know the 70s and 80s than, than uh, say, the 90s and the, the early 2000s, where Saratoga started to go through this renaissance and and uh a lot of the uh the the dilapidated buildings got fixed up the the clientele or the, the inhabitants or the the residents of saratoga um didn't fall into that i don't want to say poverty line that causes but but it was it was a it was a a, a, a nice mix of small town big town we're, we're moving from that now. Uh, it's getting back into, you know, we're getting a lot of, a lot of people uh, in our city from all over. And we're really seeing this on a national level, right? Uh, with, yeah. with homelessness and crime. Um, and, and, you know, real quick, I'll tell you one thing I never, I never saw any hard drugs in the schools in Saratoga. And I guess now, you know, now there's, there's, you know, unfortunately, multiple young men and women who are passing away, you know, from fentanyl and heroin. So this crime is certainly coming back into Saratoga. You know, I got to jump in and say one thing, though, which is, I think, kind of what you were describing, Adam. Um, back in the 70s and 80s, you know, I wasn't here, I wasn't alive for some of that time. But from what my understanding was, when there was a problem in Saratoga, whether it be crime, whether it be the downturn in the local economy, there was really collaborative feel to how people were coming together to solve that problem in the community. And I feel like that's kind of what we're lacking these days. You know, when something happens, whether it's a crime wave or whether it's an issue with the track or whether it's an issue with businesses, I feel like there's a lot of finger pointing instead of kind of that return to, okay, let's come together as a community and you know, not just write a check to make this go away, but really come together and collaborate and get our hands dirty and try to fix the problem, whatever it may be. Do you think that's an inaccurate assessment, Adam, or, or is that inaccurate? No, no, I think I think you're exactly right. And again, that this kind of trickles down from a national level now of just finger pointing and and screaming over each other and blaming instead of coming together and saying, "Listen, here's a problem. Everybody's probably, you know." You're, a lot of people could hold some responsibility for this. How can we all make slight changes to address these issues? Dan, how about you with, with your law enforcement background? Yeah, um, what I wanted, I had a question for Robin in, in, in her role when she was commissioner of public safety. At, at what point of a crime, of a serious crime, 
would you as commissioner of public safety sort of step in to at least have discussions with the chief of police of what is being released to the press, what is going on, and, and how would that interaction go? If Could, could you explain, like, where wh was there a rough line you would step in and, and how, the, uh, how that interaction would go? Yeah, absolutely. So for the most part, you know, I'm not aware of every single crime happening on a day-to-day -day basis. Every Wednesday, um, I would get a report from the police department that would show me the activity for the previous week. But typically, it was the chief or assistant chief that was bringing to my attention if there was a trend happening, like the one we just saw, the one we're talking about right now, there was a trend of these robberies. And so that would warrant a release to the public um, to let them know that this had gone on, they were looking for a suspect or a suspect had been arrested for these particular crimes. But what's released to the public and what isn't released to the public is left entirely to the police department because a lot of the things they withhold on purpose are you know, specific because they don't want, for example, someone um, knowing that they're onto them, knowing that they're onto a group of people. And so they're gonna withhold certain pieces of evidence. And, and Dan, you'd probably be able to speak to this and articulate this way better than I am. But for me to write a press release about something like this without checking with them would be like bananas and would probably wreck an investigation or compromise an investigation somehow. So in terms of what's being released to the public specifically, I leave that up to them. But when, you know, when I see things or hear things like, okay, there have been four robberies in a short period of time, whether they used a weapon or not, that's something that the public needs to know about. And not to go on too long here, but a lot of people don't realize why I got involved in public safety in the first place. It was because back in 2014, there was a rape in my own neighborhood. There was a rape just a few blocks away from where I live that went unreported in the press. And when I found out about it as a neighbor, I was furious. And so I was that person who went around to the neighborhood collecting signatures and went to the city council who, and at the time, Commissioner Matisson saying, hey, this thing happened and there was no communication. Like you need to do better, neighbors need to know. And Commissioner Matisson ultimately was really receptive of what I was saying and, and he addressed the issues as they were in 2014. So this kind of awareness and interaction and, and communication to the public, I think is critical um, in terms of public safety in a city like this one. Robin, as, as public safety commissioner, at what point, you know, how many of these robberies would have to happen before you would summon the Batman? <laughs> I do have my bat like positioned to my office every now and then, but it's usually Spidey. You know, I don't know if you remember the super, the Spider-Man that would come along every now and then. And yeah, oh yeah. yeah, right, right. Yeah, show, show up in town. We, yeah, we, we need yeah, this Spidey. Show. If you're watching, we need you right now, buddy. It's getting, yeah, getting Spidey, dangerous. Come on back. We, we loved you. We loved you, Spidey. But, um, you know, I, I also think that people forget that this is gambling town, you guys. This is a gambling town. And there are bank robberies that happen on a consistent basis. And nine times out of 10, these robberies are being driven by people who have just lost their shirt gambling. I mean, that's what I hear from the police. I mean, that, that really tracks. That's, that's a large part of the problem. Yeah. When I lived on Union Avenue, um, right when track season started, is when our cars were broken into. It's just a different mm -hmm. dynamic uh, when gambling is involved. Dan, as, as a police officer, you if, if you uh, this guy, I mean, committing four crimes you know, of this magnitude in that short of a time, it seems like this guy almost wanted to get caught. Right. I mean, is this is this is this behavior indicative of just him wanting money or something? Do you think he, maybe they do want to get caught? It was it was inevitable. Right. There's almost a desperation uh, note to what was going on there. We you know. 
first of all, uh, congratulations to the police department for quickly wrapping this up, you know, an assist from a uh, Balsam spa, but they were all over it. Good for them. And, uh, but yeah, it, it was, this was not a sophisticated series of crimes, right? This was someone that had, uh, a lot of desperation going on in their lives. It, it's, it sounds like, and yes, you know, uh, t terrible crimes, but, uh, there, there's a human element to that as well. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I mean, I don't think people commit crimes to get caught. Um, but I do think to me this, and I, this is just purely my impression to me, this reads like someone who perhaps was under the influence, perhaps had a drug addiction problem, didn't have a weapon, but was this desperate, um, to get cash that to me says they're, they're feeding, um, feeding some, some area that can't be fed without money and they, and they desperately have to do it. Yeah. Um, so he if did, I were- He did claim to have a gun though. He did claim to, ne he never, he never showed one, but yeah. Yeah, well, props to the police department for keeping us safe. I think they do a great job. I do wish that Saratoga Springs as a community was a bit less reactive to this stuff because it does seem like every time, you know, a crime is perpetrated and God knows we want to keep this as safe a community as possible. This actually is one of the safest communities in New York state, if not America, but we're not a bubble. We're not immune to crime. And we advertise ourselves as the place to come play. We advertise ourselves in the summer to come, come drink and gamble. And then people are shocked when a crime occurs. And I just don't really understand that disconnect sometimes, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, one of the other things I know we wanted to talk about, um, Dan, I know that you had wanted to talk about especially, was there's a proposal to build a new six-story mixed-use building at 269 Broadway, which is right next to Spa Catholic. And it's back in the news this week as it's now under review by the city's planning board. Um, so we've never, <laughs> one of the things you noted in our little rundown here was that, you know, almost every time a new, a new building is proposed, we get a lot of uh, we get a lot of haters, right? We get a lot of negative feedback. We get a lot of people who are like, "It's becoming Condo Saratoga. It's becoming Bonacioville." Um, this is not being proposed, I might add, by Bonacio. Um, but uh, I know this project was just narrowly approved by the Design Review Commission last month, and there are still really strong opinions on whether or not the project should be allowed or not. Um, what are your thoughts on it? And and is this? Uh, you know, is this something you guys think should be built? Is it appropriate for the area? What are your thoughts on it? Is um, Adam, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll jump in. I did have a brief a chance to briefly speak to Miss Samantha Bossard from the uh, Preservation Foundation about this, and I said, you know, just what is the the major issue with that? And she said, we're not against projects. You know, we we we're not against uh, them generally. We're not against necessarily this one. I think if I if I uh, quoted her properly, it's the size and, and and scale of this one. It just dominates uh, that location. It's right up against the sidewalk. Uh, she did credit them for listening to feedback and adjusting, but she said it, it's still there's still too much there right over the sidewalk, and they for they 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 moved the top floor back a little bit, uh, the sixth floor. Uh, to to in response to the feedback, but the cornices are still right over it, and it just dominates that location. A behemoth, in my words, is what she said. Um, and then Spa Catholic, or at least the Archdiocese of Albany, apparently has has agreed to this because they have an arrangement regarding a buffer area, an easement area in between the two properties. Um, I don't know of any organized neighborhood opposition. But uh, it's, as, as you said, there, this is a constant discussion. Whenever there's a proposal, it's some people on one side, 
uh, some people on the other. Uh, th thank God for the Preservation Foundation. I, I, I've lived a lot of places. There, maybe there were similar organizations where I lived, but they, they had no presence that I recall. And this one here has a significant presence. I'm glad things aren't rubber stamped. Uh, some people may argue they are, but I'm glad there's, there's a, a, some level of, of uh, protest, if you will, and uh, questioning of things. And then there's adjustments made, but I get the feeling this project is going to move forward. Adam, do you have any thoughts? You, you, my, my main thought, I read over uh, you know, some of the details of this project. And it looks like the developers are being very um, uh, responsive to community concerns. You know, we, we had, a, as my father taught me the saying in business is you always trust your professionals, right? So if there's a legal matter, you trust your lawyer. If there's an engineering problem, you trust your engineer. Health problem, you trust your doctor, right? Uh, and so I think in Saratoga, we are blessed to have these, these, these review boards and these committees and Saratoga Preservation Foundation that for the most part are volunteers who are subject matter experts in, in, in particular fields. So there can be a co collaboration on, on these projects. And it's not like Dan said, nothing's rubber stamped. They, you know, you hear, and certain people are always gonna want it, you know, minimalistic and people, developers would always wanna go as big as they can. And it, we're just blessed as a community to have the, you know, the, the citizens who serve on these boards. So I reading over it, it's neither have a bike lane that connected Broadway and Ham Hamilton Street, a pathway. Uh, the entrance to the building would be on Hamilton Street, you know, so it wouldn't it wouldn't clog that downtown or Broadway with uh, with more traffic, you know, something that I'm, I'm worried about that uh, the Rip Van Dam Hotel there in that corner is already a treacherous one, uh, you know, I, I, I have some real I know. with that, but uh, that, that's I'm, I'm glad I'm glad it, it's I'm glad they're being responsible and, and, and responsible people are are looking into it, Robin. Oh, I have so much to say about this, you guys. I could probably like fill up a whole show. And and honestly, I'll, I'll try to keep it a lot faster than that. But there's two sides. I, I, I almost want to argue both sides of this, okay, right? So for starters, there has been some protests by neighbors, specifically in Park Place, which is the huge condominium development that overlooks Park, that overlooks Congress Park. And I have to say, there's, there's a, a touch of hypocrisy there. Because when yes. you look at what's being proposed across the street, they never show it in in with it with uh with um Park Place at the same time, which is directly across the street. Park Place had to be one of the most controversial projects that came before the city. We were talking about they were talking about putting multi-million dollar condominiums on Congress Park, right? On Congress Park. And somehow we, you know, that went forward. It's been successful, it's been great. But the same people who are living in that place, in those condos are the people who are objecting to the project across the street. And I just find that like a little bit crazy. So now they met with me. They're not crazy people, they're rational people. I totally understand their concerns, but they met with me and they put together a petition and largely their concerns had to do with, in my opinion, infrastructure and how much that would clog up this, that entry um, of South Broadway going onto Broadway. And I agree that we have infrastructure problems there 100%. We have issues with traffic flow without question. Um, in the past, there have been proposals to put a traffic circle in outside of Congress Park. I am like vehemently against that just because I grew up learning how to drive in Manhattan. So I'm just like against traffic circles in general. But um, that's just, that's not an informed opinion. That's just an anecdotal opinion. Um, but yeah, we, we have issues there with traffic. Um, but then they're also, their primary argument was with safety. They thought it would make the neighborhood less safe. And that was something I had a really, really hard time getting my head around. And they even invoked the students at Spa Catholic as being less safe with that building being built. 
Now I grew up in New York City. I went to school at Chapin on 84th and East End. I was surrounded by businesses. It was a great thing. If there's retail on the first floor of that building, that's awesome. Maybe it'll be a bagel place so the kids can walk in and get a snack in the middle of the day during their free time. I don't see any universe in which that makes the kids at Spock Catholic less safe. I think that's a bananas argument. However, I do think the other side of the corn here is our land use boards and how projects are approved in Saratoga Springs in general. We have three land use boards. We have zoning, planning, and design review. All three boards are appointed by the mayor. So they're all political appointments at the end of the day. They're not necessarily people who have expertise in the subject matter as much as I'd like them to, Adam. They, they aren't. And there's no required training. There's no minimum re requirement in terms of qualifications to be on these boards. They're simply political. For the most part, I think they do a great job. I think for the most part, mayors put people on them that, that understand what they're doing or want to be on them enough to educate themselves. But at the end of the day, let's not forget that they're political. Um, I think the Preservation Foundation, totally separate thing. That's a 501c3. That's run by Samantha Boshart. They do excellent job and they do excellent job preserving our historic properties. Um, but in terms of things getting improved, I am someone who I've said before in this program, I deeply believe in the green belt and maintaining the green belt and maintaining a dense urban core. This is a project that has been zoned as urban. This is a project where we, we say yes to development. This is where it's supposed to happen. So I encourage this kind of development downtown. And I will also say this building was announced when we went into lockdown in spring of 2020 at a time when I thought this city was gonna go into financial ruin. So when someone stepped up and said they were gonna invest this multi-million dollar project downtown at a point when we thought our economic, like our local economy was on the brink of collapse, I was delighted. So I hope this project moves forward. I hope it moves forward successfully. And I think the, the concerns that the neighbors have or concerns people have over design will be addressed. And I think it'll be a great addition to our downtown community. So there's my long, my long take, guys, my very long take. What, yeah. what can I ask you, Robin, and it may be different today than it was uh, two years ago, but what, what is the level of, uh, of protest, I guess, uh, by the people that live in the, in, in the park place? But is it, was, is it very strong? Is it medium? Or? Pretty significant. I would say it's a, I would say it's a, on the level of protests I've seen over buildings, this is like a, at a medium level. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it, um, it, it will change Hamilton Street quite a bit. I, Hamilton Street, I come home that way sometimes, and that's bottled up already. I can only, you know, that, but that, you know, progress well, is again, not free. But again, you know, Adam, I think you both made a great point. The Rip Van Dam project to me, again, blows my mind. I mean, talk about traffic issues. The corner of Washington and Broadway has got to be one of the most congested and dangerous corners we have in all of Saratoga because that's where the truck routes come down and they turn uh, north on Broadway. I mean, to add a hotel there is gonna add a tremendous amount of pressure to our infrastructure and our roadways. Plus you've got the Adelphi who are valeting people up the street on Washington. And so just in general, I think that these projects are great, but we really need to double down on our infrastructure and come up with some alter alternatives. And maybe this federal infrastructure money that's coming in and this committee that Mayor Kim is putting together, maybe this is one of those things they can address, although something tells me it won't be, but maybe. Great. My, my last comment on this is other upstate New York cities would kill to have Saratoga Springs problems. Yes, there are issues, but uh, the, we, we, you know, I wouldn't trade with any other upstate city. Yeah, well, and, and I, something I that, agree more. So, so, something not to dive in on the, on the show, because it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing, but 
you know, I know condos are assessed and taxed differently than, than you know, standalone residential home. Um, some say it's unequitable. I think that's going to be something really interesting we should talk about in the future because, Robin, you were saying, is, yes, this is putting money into into our downtown and on our, on our property tax rolls, but proportionally, is it is it fair? Uh, and so that's something we can talk about at a later date. You know what? Maybe I, we should ask former Commissioner of Finance Michelle Madigan if she could come on and explain some of those things to us because I think between that and also this buzz over reassessment that's happening, I don't know if you guys have been following this, but Dylan Moran campaigned strong on no reassessments in Saratoga Springs. It was like his primary campaign slogan. Well, now there's some reassessing that's happening uh, per Commissioner Moran. So maybe um, we could ask Commissioner, um, former Commissioner of Finance, Michelle Madigan, to come on next week and explain some of the things in more detail, because I know I don't understand them at a granular enough level to describe them to, to viewers. Yeah, I, I do because I owned a condo and I challenged my assessment. And I used that law to oh. get a very favorable result. It was all within the law. I just asserted my rights. But uh, but I'd certainly like uh, 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 Ms. Madigan as well. That'd be a good uh, panel. Yeah. So last topic, unless you guys have anything else you want to add to the to the development topic. All right. Well, I, I always say in Saratoga Springs when people bellyache about development and it's in the it's in the urban core. How many vacancies would you like to see, folks? How much less progress would make you happy? Okay, like, let's think about that for a second. But all right, moving on. Um, one of the last things that we wanted to talk about today, and it's going to be kind of a, a shorter episode because we know everyone's been on vacation, things have been a little bit slower. But um, Samantha Guerra was in court yesterday. Uh, Samantha Guerra was a candidate for the Commissioner of Accounts position this election cycle. Um, and she was accused by the Democratic Party of forging uh, several of the signatures on her petitions. What are petitions? Well, if you want to run for office, doesn't matter where you are in America, if you want to run for office, you have to get the endorsement of a political committee, a Republican committee, a Democratic committee, or you can decide to run as an independent candidate. Doesn't matter. Either way, you have to go out with these sheets of paper and you have to get people to sign them and basically say, yeah, we support your running for this position. And there's a certain number of, of, uh, of signatures that you have to get. And it's very specific the way you fill it in. You have to have someone print their name and sign their name and write their address and they have to do it. You can't have someone else do it on their behalf. And when Samantha Guerra turned in her petitions to um, establish actually an independent candidate line back in June, um, there were some discrepancies with the signatures. And it's something that I can speak to because I was also running at the time to be mayor here in Saratoga. And so when all the petitions were turned in to the board of elections, uh, I drove down and picked up everyone's petitions because I wanted to see how many signatures everyone had gotten and who had signed. And, you know, this is kind of exciting stuff for people who are as dorky as I am and as obsessed with politics as I am. So I went down with Matthew Taylor, who's someone I worked with on my campaign, and we grabbed all the petitions, including the ones Samantha Guerra had done. And I would say within 10 minutes, we looked at each other and said, these petitions, there's no way these petitions are real. They were either little, little scrabbles like this, little nothings that were illegible, that were repeated throughout pages of signatures, um, or they were five signatures in a row that were the same exact block print. I mean, there was just, there were glaring errors. Um, at the time we filed the, a, a, a notice that um, told the board of elections that we were considering challenging her petitions. We ultimately decided not to because we wanted to focus on our own candidacies and just wasn't, we had no one running for commissioner of accounts. I was running for mayor. Adam was running for finance. So we really had no, we had no horse in that race. So there was no reason for us to challenge them. Um, 
Dylan Brand, who was running against her, did challenge them. And it's still going on today. Um, now it is in court. Uh, she was charged criminally, I believe. Criminally, is that correct, Dan? That you know correct. off the top of your head? Yeah, she was charged criminally. Um, there was some controversy over whether or not she would get a fair shake in Saratoga County. Uh, the Republicans alleged that I manipulated the police department and the state police um, in bringing these accusations against Samantha Guerra, which is complete nonsense. I, I only wish I had that power, guys. I, I do not have that power, nor did I have anything to do with it. Um, so I believe it was transferred to a Schenectady court. Um, and they had uh, a court date yesterday. We're waiting to see what the results are of that court date. But I just wanted to see if you guys had anything you wanted to talk about as it pertains to this issue. I know Tracy LaBelle also last week, I think, was accused of forging some signatures as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to this, Robin, because I was right along you know, beside you when, when we went through this. And, you know, the, the way this works is you sign it, you hand in your petitions to the Board of Election. And then anybody can go and challenge those. They have five days to challenge those signatures. And essentially, and this happens, they can go and challenge a signature for whatever reason. And that challenge, that signature can get thrown off. And if you get enough signatures, I mean, I think we needed 320. We got 450, yep. something like that, because, because you, you expect these signatures to be challenged. If you get enough, they're not going to mess around and challenge them. So uh, what happened was we saw this, Robin, you, you caught it immediately with these glaring errors. But like you said, it really wasn't our race to, to get involved with, our fight to have. But, you know, something, and, and, and this is just, this is what kind of drives me nuts in politics, is that... Instead of the Democrats, instead of challenging those in that five-day window, what's you know what's supposed to happen, they decided to save it until you know I think it was August or September, uh, and 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 then and then have these charges, which it's it's outside you know you had their five days. It was a purely political move uh, to to have the most impact right before the election. So uh, and, and and the fact that now this is still going out. You have you have Tracy now. There's allegations from Pat Tuz that have the Democratic chair against Tracy. I think somebody is now you know saying Ron had a signature that wasn't accurate or didn't match the voter rolls. I think at this point it's this is this is kind of petty politics that we need to 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 put aside uh, and kind of move on with our with our elected officials. Samantha Guerra is slightly different because those were some pretty glaring discrepancies in hers and yeah and you know the thought being did she actually you know did she actually forge them or did she just give these these you know these these sheets to to friends to go around and and you know write their kid's name on it and 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 what what exactly level of of fraud was was going on i guess it's for the courts to decide but uh it, it was it was a really interesting learning experience in that campaign uh, uh, that we had robin yeah, there, there's the two different uh, uh, silos, if you will. There's the administrative, you know, did you comply with everything that the Board of Election requires? And they could be thrown out then. But that in and of itself doesn't rise to criminal. Uh, but in this case, and we see this in Troy a lot, Rensselaer County seems to be famous for these types of cases where they they are uh, alleged to be so bad that there's actually criminal uh, activity that, that occurred. And that's what happened here. One of these carried over into the criminal realm in a complaint to the DA's office and the police department and so forth. And, and Robin, I, when I read that, I agreed with you when they accused you of orchestrating this. I mean, that was just hogwash. Um, they, they needed to own what was happening there and to blame you was, was ridiculous. I know. I mean, considering that Dylan Moran came out and had a press conference that he streamed live where he announced all these accusations, I don't know how on God's green earth you could 
watch Dylan Moran's press conference accusing Samantha Gare of this and somehow turn that into, oh, this is a Robin Dalton, you know, project. It was, it was ridiculous. So I appreciate your saying that. Well, we'll keep our eye on what happens there. And uh, that brings us to our cheers and jeers for the week. What do we got, guys? There's got to be someone we're cheering and jeering. I'll, uh, Adam, if, if you're good, I'll Dan? I want to hear Dan uh, first. I'll, I'll, just, okay. Dan, I'll jump in. This is going to shock you because I am a gadfly at heart, but I uh, purposely do not have a jeer this week. I'm going to take my time to have a slightly longer cheer. Um, is a cheer to the New York Racing Association, Naira. And anyone that knows me, follows my uh, Saratoga Report or Saratoga Report Twitter account, says should know that's significant because I'm often uh, criticizing Naira. But they have, uh, uh, you know, Horse racing is uh, on its heels with with all the allegations of doping and the Bob Baffert situation. Medina Spirit, first uh, uh, the poor horse died. Now it was just stripped of its Kentucky Derby win earlier this week. And uh, Naira has been going after Bob Baffert. And that's not an easy thing to do, right? He, he's, he's got millions of dollars behind him, uh, the best attorneys. He's going to ferociously fight any, any ban from Naira tracks, which is what they implemented. And they had to... Uh, 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 create a hearing system to give him his due process. And they did. And that, that process has gone through. They're awaiting a hearing officer's decision on this, but um, I give them credit for trying to uh, do their part to clean up this sport. And then they're aggressive with certainly other trainers with other uh, uh, issues as well. But the Bob Baffert situation is certainly uh, the, uh, the highest profile issue. And I give them credit for um, uh, trying to save the sport because whether again, if you love Saratoga but you're not a horse racing fan, I hope you're at least uh, at the indifferent level and not anti horse racing because this city uh, needs horse racing. We need Naira. The city even needs Aqueduct in Belmont, so we have a racing circuit. So good for Naira for protecting the brand. Good for Naira for protecting horse racing. Real quick, I, I want to chime in. What they really should do is just have them, you know, form a BRC, a Bob, a, you know, racing committee, like the uh, you know the Russian Olympic Committee. We'll just have a Baffert <laughs> racing committee and we'll take away, uh, take away his name off the, uh, yeah, his, his, his silks, you know, he can't use his silk, his silks will just have to be something really bland and, and, you know, you know that'll, 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 that'll teach him. So oh, was that totally crazy? Like I was watching the Olympics and I'm like, who the hell is ROC? Oh, Russia, you're not allowed to participate. So you just make up a whole nother committee. That was bananas. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought it was a Jay-Z team. Here, yeah. I, I couldn't believe that. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. Uh, so, so that, that that's it for me on on my uh, long cheer there. You're up, Adam. What do you got? All right. So for my cheer to, to today, it's Commissioner Montanino. Uh, when, you know, when asked about some of the <laughs> the crime, some of the crime problem. Did I steal yours, Robin? No, I just love it. <laughs> All right. When I, when asked about some of the crime problems on going on Caroline Street. He, uh, you know, he came straight out of a Little Wayne concert and blamed gangster rap on it. And again, used used his his the fact that he went to a, a rap concert. It's it's not a good look. It's not accurate. Uh, it's it is there's there's a problem there. But to to blame you know a uh, a a genre of music that I'm guessing even though he did go to a concert SPAC, he's not much you know an expert in. It's just it just it it, it just was not a good look for him uh, and not a good look for the city. So, uh, I mean, Jimmy, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, I, I, we I, just I, came I, off the halftime show, Jimmy. We just came off the best halftime show ever with Dre, yeah. with Snoop, with all these people. Everyone was upside down, upside down, 50 cents. I know it's upside like the next thing is, cents. 
the next thing we could do is just go off the you know footloose and just ban dancing. You know, that's what that's what no more dancing in Saratoga. I mean, so I'm that's, telling that's, you, I, I, I saw that headline, Adam, and I walked home listening to Dr. Dre. And the second I put my headphones, I, I just started committing crimes. I just started going crazy, committing crimes. I don't know what happened. I, I haven't been able to I, stop so, since. Somebody, somebody should do it. As, as, you know, like a straight out of Saratoga, May May. May May, is that how you say it? Maim? I don't know. That's, that's the French way. And so those are, that's my jeer, my cheer. Uh, it, my cheer really goes to everybody who's been giving us feedback. It's, you know, a lot of people are coming out saying that they, they really like listening to the show. There's, you know, they don't always agree with us and they like that we don't always agree and, and we're not gonna always agree. So, uh, you know, everybody who, who reached out and, you know, that it, it means a lot because, you know, we don't get paid for this. This is something, a passion of ours. So, you know, we appreciate the, uh, the positive feedback. So thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, uh, Robin will give the email before we leave. If you have questions, something you wanna talk about, you wanna tell us we're doing something good or bad, uh, let us know because feedback, yeah. we, we love it. And it, it really kind of helps us know exactly how we're performing. So anyway, cheers to you, Saratoga. Thank you. Can, can I quickly add, Robin, that th we have almost 300 yeah. uh, hits on the YouTube, uh, it, uh, the YouTube channel you created. Yeah, 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 yeah. For yeah, our yeah. last show, which went way long. <laughs> so that we, were, we yeah. were happy with that. Thank you for watching. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so quickly, my quick cheers and cheers. First of all, I love Adam Israel so much because he says things like, maybe when he's talking about a meme. I love it. I May -may. love you so much, Adam. <laughs> I love your, I love your maymays. I'm, I'm not a pop culture guy. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it so much. I've like kind of blanked <laughs> on my cheer and cheer for the week. Um, shit, guys, excuse me, expletive happening. What were my cheers and cheers? They were good. I swear they were good. I got to think of them, but, um, oh, oh, real quick housekeeping note before, before we wrap this up, we were going to talk about Daryl Mount today. Um, we were going to talk about the Daryl Mount investigation and a lot of the, uh, things that had been happening over the last week and week and a half in terms of Daryl Mount. Um, but we, this has been a vacation week. There are not a lot of people around and we're committed to having that conversation with a broader variety of people and, and a more, uh, inclusive, uh, diversity of opinion. And so we will be having that conversation. We'll be having it with guests and we look forward to having that panel. I just wanted to make sure our viewers knew that we hadn't forgotten about that. We just want to have the most substantive um, and inclusive conversation possible when we talk about Daryl Mount. So that will yeah, be coming Robin, up. Real quick, I, I want to put on a teaser too. Of, I, had a, I had an interesting, you know, recently there was a new witness that, come, that, you know, that came out and WNYT did a big headline on it and they, and they showed him being interviewed. Uh, and in talking with him, how he was portrayed and what actually happened was not how the WNYT, you know, portrayed it, uh, at least in, in, in his opinion. So I'd like to talk more about that, you know, when we, when we dive into that report longer, because it is, it yeah. was, it, it made him, it made this, this, this gentleman look something like he wasn't. So we could talk about that when we, when we dive deeper into the show. Into the, so the I port. think what, what, what Adam is saying to people is that Adam um, is, has actually a personal relationship with the gentleman who came forward recently. And I know talked to him after the fact, um, after the WNYT reports. And it sounds like he had more to say and more context to give rather than what we just saw in, w, in the WNYT reports. And I'm going to say no shade to Mark Mahalan because I think he does a phenomenal job. I just think it's the nature of the beast. You know what I mean? You get sound bites, yeah. you get your two or three minutes to have your story, and sometimes it doesn't reflect everything you want to say. So I don't know if that's WNYT's fault at all, but you know, if uh, if Tommy wants to give us more, you know, detail through you or however, we would love to hear his story and and why he spoke up because it is a really important part of this conversation. Um, 
So aside from that, my cheer and jeer, uh, I guess I'm going to jeer the fact that actually we do have school vacation this week because my God, I feel like my kids haven't actually been to school for like a continuous period of time and forever. I mean, did they need a week off? No, they didn't. Is it making their mother a little bit crazy? Yep. It's making me a little crazy. Um, aside from that, cheers to you guys for doing this. Cheers to everyone who's given us so much awesome feedback. You can find us at, we're talking Saratoga on YouTube. Um, subscribe, like, like our videos, share them, um, and email us at info at talkingsaratoga.com for any feedback. Um, you can go to talkingsaratoga.com online to watch episodes, but we really uh, have them shot out on YouTube and then all our social media channels, including the Saratoga Report, Adam's Group, What's Going On Saratoga, my Facebook page, which is just called Robin Dalton. Got to think of a more exciting title, guys. Um, but I think that's all we've got for the week. We're really looking forward to seeing you next week. So signing off. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Dan. We'll talk soon. Be charming, Bye -bye. Saratoga. <laughs>